Hey guys, what's up? Justin Chernow here of the Colorado Crush bringing you another NYFBL Three Guys One Couch podcast. And we do have three guys on the couch, and I'll introduce them one by one, but it's not the normal crew. We have joining us for his second podcast, the owner of the, I forget his team name, St. Mark's Sly Sleepers, Daniel Monroe. Daniel Monroe, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me again. Um, I mean, I guess in terms of league leagues uh, related materials, I'm not doing very well. But uh, in general, I just uh, got back from Vermont, so I had a had a nice time watching my team not come back. Awesome. Yeah, it's been a it's been a little bit of struggle for you. And on the other end of that, as a surprise guest, we have the owner of the Murano Veranzanos, Nick Murano. How are you? I'm good. You know, I'm just sitting here uh, looking at the live scoring tab, watching my team finish off the web gems uh, quite nicely. And, you know, I'm uh, enjoying my three-game uh, winning streak, and I'm looking forward to the future. Three-game winning streak that you're going to rise to five and four, is that correct? Five and four, you know, tying with the uh, commissioner himself. That's very true. It's a very good point that you bring up. Yeah. And we'll get into some power rankings eventually down the road. Um but glad to have both you here. Obviously, you both have some history going to high school together and being part of a couple of other fantasy leagues. Were you two ever on the same like baseball or basketball team in high school? Um, not really, unless you count the uh, the senior tournament. <laughs> oh yeah, we we were in a one day senior basketball tournament where, for some stupid reason, like three kids on the varsity team could be on the. The same team. So we did well up until we actually played the, the school's team. So who but yeah, me and, Nick, me and Nick chucked a couple three-pointers that went in. So that was uh, we definitely had some good team chemistry in that one day. Yeah, tournament. highlights of my professional sports career <laughs> was that day for sure. Who was the team? Who else was on it? Anyone else will we know? Was, uh, yeah. like Jason was on it. Aaron okay. was on it. Um, Michael Hoden. I don't know if you guys yeah, know him, though. I've, I've heard the name. Henry Pines, there's a wild card. Lewis knows who Henry Pines is, but I don't know if you know of him. No, I mean, look, though, I think if you guys did well in that tournament, you may have been better than the Binghamton Bearcats during our four years that we went there. I mean, it's ultimately possible, yeah. Yeah. I was trying to do the math one time, and I really think it's possible that we may have experienced the worst four-game stretch by a D1 basketball team in, like, the last 20 years. Yeah. I mean, they were bad. It wasn't. It wasn't even watchable. I mean, it was funny. We we played Michigan, I think, and I really wanted us to either put up, put up the greatest upset in Division One history because we were so bad, and we randomly beat Michigan, or I wanted us to lose by a historic amount just so we could be newsworthy in our one game. But we we ended up losing by like thirty five, which was pretty pretty much what everyone expected. But yeah, no, they were bad. Funny. It's funny though. If you. I, pull, I uh, refed intramurals, and this kid went from the D1 team to intramurals, and he was so much better than everyone. So as much as we think, like, you know, we we did see one of the worst Division One teams in the history of college basketball, they still would beat the beat any of us uh, in in the one on one or three on three. But yeah, me and Nick were hot that day though, so we were we were, maybe had a shot. I think we did see a pretty good stretch of uh, collegiate baseball, though. I think the 
Binghamton Bearcats did decent when we were there in the uh, NCAA tournaments for. for I, you know, I never went to see them. But I never saw a single collegiate game my whole time in college. Me neither. They were good though. They made the they they won the conference a couple of times when we were there for sure. I'm sure Daniel knows. Daniel, the one baseball player who made it to the MLBs from Binghamton. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did. I did know one person who went to the minors uh, on the Bing team. So, and I did. I went to one game. My last year, um, but so like, yeah. Well, what about that? What, what what was that guy's name? Who they always had posters of him? Was it Scott Diamond? Scott Diamond, yeah. Scott Diamond. Scott Diamond. Yeah, Scott. Di- he was on my fantasy team one year. He wasn't that bad. <laughs> I only took him as like a spot start because he went to Binghamton, and then he ended up being good for like four or five starts, and then he sucked. But you know, it's 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 interesting because like um. Uh, you know, me senior year in high school, me, Jason, and Aaron had tickets to uh, a Yankees game, and it got rained out, and the game got rescheduled for September, and the rescheduled game, which we couldn't go to because we were at Binghamton, uh, was Mariano Rivera's 500th career save oh. game, right? And the pitcher for that game, the losing pitcher, was Scott Diamond. So wow. we always said fuck Scott Diamond because he, he <laughs> fucked us over. He certainly did. Yeah, he would have pitched well, and you guys would have uh, missed missed the save. So you wouldn't have had anything to feel bad about. Yeah. Unfortunately, exactly. no one took Scott Diamond this year in fantasy. But, Nick, <laughs> it seems like your team doesn't really seem to mind. Now, I want to go back a couple of years and talk a little bit about history here. So... Daniel came into the league. Daniel, what year did you come in? Was it twenty? This is my this is my sixth year in the league. Okay, so around twenty thirteen, I guess, is when you started. Yeah, I think twenty fourteen was my first season. And obviously, a big fan of the Royals. Yeah, I definitely took Hosmer my first year in the league, like way too early. And you had some success early on. One one also player I just like randomly took super early. And you had some success early on. I think you made the playoffs, was it your second year? Second and third year. Second right. and third year. So, yeah, came in, did fairly well for yourself. Obviously, word gets around about how great our league is. And so Nick Morano starts hearing about the league. And I think that we didn't have any space, but then a space opened up, and you were number one on the wait list. You know, I, I recall a, a birthday party of Kristen Eggers at uh, in the... Uh... You know, four or five years ago. It was at Uncle Jimmy's. Uh, I remember this. Uh, yeah, Brother Jimmy's where, That's you know. Right, Brother Jimmy's. Having a conversation <laughs> uncle Jimmy is Lewis's uncle. <laughs> His brother Jimmy's, not Uncle Jimmy's. And, you know, me being like, let me in the league. And, you know, thinking the reason you don't want me in the league is because, you know, I'll win the league if I'm in the league. That's right. And then you saying, well, you, you know, I can't, I can't just put you in the league, but you could be on the wait list. And that was like four years ago. Yeah, and look, I mean, we have great continuity in the league, and people don't often leave, but when they do, we try to have other dedicated people ready to jump into their slot, and it just so happened to be that this year was the year that you got called up to the big leagues. So I want to know, from your perspective, you know, how I sent you a text, and you seemed pretty excited, so how was it from your point of view to realize you were finally going to be in the league? Well, I was was excited, you know, I was excited to... um... To, to be in a league where everyone takes it uh, pretty seriously, because you know a lot of the times in um, 
in past leagues with Daniel that we've had, like midway through the season, if your team's not doing well, it kind of becomes like an automatic win if you're playing that person. And so far that hasn't happened uh, in this league. So, that you know, that was the, the main draw for me. I got to say, there was a time around like week three or four that I was concerned that you were going to turn into that. Yeah, so is that the week I lost to Daniel? Yes. Yeah, so I was in, um, I was in, um, I was on a, I was on a uh, biochemistry trip to San Diego that week, um, and I was also really, really sick in San Diego, and I had to go to all these uh, um, like conferences and and seminars, and I just like I didn't I didn't have it. Like, I just didn't have it in me to manage. Yeah, I, I remember I sent a couple of texts to Lewis being like, are we sure about this? I was like, have you hit up Daniel to see how, like, Nick's doing? Like, is he okay? I think, were you one in three at that point? I, yeah, I, think, like I think I was one in, one in two, maybe. And then well, I, you, were, I, I, you were two and four after me. Yeah, so I must have been two and three, and then I dropped to two and four. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm glad to have you back. I'm hoping you're not just back because your team's been hot recently. I hope that, you know, you stick through it even even through the bad times. You know, where... Yeah, of course. Of course. But, all right, so now you're in the league. You're preparing for the draft. You know nothing about how this league works outside of whatever Daniel has told you. So what was really your draft prep strategy coming into the NYFBL? You know, my draft strategy was basically, you know, to, to play by your... Um, based on the rankings. Uh, and, you know, I didn't really do fantasy last year, and I also didn't keep up much with baseball last year, so I was a little bit rusty coming out of the, the drawing board. But, <coughs> but that was, that you know, that, that was my basic strategy, and that's going to be my strategy next year too, but, you know, hopefully after a year of paying close attention to, like, all the players, I'll, you know, it'll be much better. Now, Daniel, did you tell Nick anything about the league or how the scoring works? Um, a little bit. I told him like pitching is very vibrant. That was uh, my big, uh, my big way I phrased it, and that like your pitching could just kill your week, absolutely kill your week if you have a miserable start, or like if you were able to have one or two top of the line guys, you can be just like at a such an advantage, you know. So I definitely stressed that um, to Nick before the league. Um, yeah, um, but more or less, I was just like, read, look at the settings carefully, you know, like, and, uh, let him on his way. Yeah. And I think it was, you know, you weren't at as much of a disadvantage as you could have been because we were all transitioning to the new platform. So I think we were at least, you know, learning all of that together, um, which, Mm -hmm. which is a good thing. You know, I, I don't want anyone to have... I want everyone to be on equal footing as it comes to yeah, the chances you know, to win the league. One thing that's definitely different about, um, about this league is, like, uh, you know, in, in previous Yahoo leagues and, and even, like, fantasy football, it's like, you know, if I if I bid on a player today, I could then start them tomorrow, uh-huh. you know? But it seems like there's a bit of a delay between picking up a, a player and then when you when, when the bidding all goes through. And I'm, I'm not. I don't really understand the timing that well yet. So the it always goes through Wednesdays and Sunday nights at 11 p.m. Yeah. So you can only. So like, it it also makes it tough because you know. So if I'm trying to, if I need a starting pitcher and I need them for Thursday, 
you know, because so if it's Monday, I need a starting pitcher. I want to start a pitcher on Thursday. The if I'm looking at the the starting pitchers, I don't really think that, at least as far as I can tell, it's not going to tell me their next predicted start. So it may, and I'll take a look into it. So there are two ways that I think you may be able to tell. One would be clicking on the player himself. Um, it definitely tells you their next two projected starts. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or no, it, it depends. It it'll it usually is could be one or two. Could it be one? So like, uh, right now I'm looking at Mike Leak and It should say Mike Leak June fifth next start, June fifth. That was also Oh, okay. I see this yeah. now. Yeah. So that's one way to do it. Another way okay. to do it, um, I'm trying to see right now if this will work, is that if you go to the players page, yeah, this works. And see on the top where it says stats, schedules, trends? Yeah. If you click on schedule, it'll have their projected start highlighted just the same way it would look like on your team on that day. Oh, that's like, oh, that's awesome. That's way, that's, that makes this way easier. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is a sort of a tutorial for, <laughs> for the, who, uh, who didn't know the magics of fan tracks yet. And yeah, we're all learning it together. So I, I always said, you know, the best way to get a response is just to ask a question in the Slack because someone has probably had the same issue and tried to figure it out. And if they haven't, you'll at least know that there's no solution. Um, yeah. Every time I've needed information, I've gone to the Slack and gotten answers uh, pretty much instantly. Yeah. So, so Daniel was able to tell you that, you know, pitching is really important. And you come in to the league with third overall pick. And you decide to take Corey Kluber over people like Jacob DeGrom, Mookie Betts, Chris Sale. Was there a thought process behind that? Or do you are you a big Corey Kluber fan? So, um, I'm A, I'm not going to take DeGrom. Um, just period. Because you're a Yankee um, fan. Yeah, and, you know, I've, I've been burned taking Mets, you know, high up in the past. Because it seems like, you know, like, the Mets just seem to suck. Um, all the time. Injuries. So, they get injured yeah. off. Even though they're but, like, that. I've been burned taking Cindergard early, and you know, I wasn't going to make the mistake of taking a Met early. I also wasn't going to take Mookie Betts because um, I, I wanted a, a pitcher, not a hitter. And, you know, I, honestly, I just thought that Kluber was going to be, like, a solid top 10 ace. Um, you know, he's had 18 wins like five out of the last six seasons or something like that. And he's won Cy Young like what, twice? Once, yeah. twice? Yeah. And yeah, so I just thought he was going to be like a solid, solid starter that I could rely on. You know, obviously if I could go back in time, you know, my, my number one regret from the draft is, is not drafting Verlander. Right. But, um, you know, it is what it is. And, Justin, you know, okay, we're uh, regretting that. Mm-hmm. He's uh, I said Justin's just taking it in. Everyone regretting not taking Verlander. Yeah, yeah. it's uh... and you know it's like he did get he 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 got hurt on by an accident, you know, but he wasn't exactly pitching that well before that anyway. Right, and I can definitely understand if you're a Yankees fan point of view and you're averse to drafting Yankee rivals, right? Degrom, Mookie Betts, Chris Sale, those are all like right on top of the list of people you're not going to draft. Yeah, I mean, like today, when, when, when Xander Bogarts hit a home run off CC Sabathia, you know, I was, I was happy about that. That's not fun. Yeah. 
So you follow up your Kluber pick with Kershaw, and we're not going to go through every pick, but I'm just going to highlight a couple. Um, you seem to be pretty confident at Kershaw bounce back, and I mean, so far you've been right. He's been pretty good. Yeah, I had a feeling that, and you know, I don't regret the Kershaw pick second at all. Um, I would still do that pick if I could go back in time. Um, and you know, yeah, I had, I had, you know, Kershaw's always been a great pitcher, and I, I think I just thought that he was going to be good this year. Obviously, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't pay attention to advanced metrics. Um, but not that there's anything wrong with paying attention to it. I, I just haven't ever had an interest in it. Um, but yeah, so I, I liked my Kershaw pick, and I'm happy with it. I, I also thought uh, that pick got a lot of slack for for where it was. Kershaw's been like pretty much a top three pick at least the last five years. So, you know, he had the injury, but, you know, if he comes back, and he's he's always kind of just been someone who can mix up pitch as well. So the velocity decline, you know, it might lead – it could definitely lead to some decline, but I still think, you know, he's he's reliable um, as is. You know, he's never going to go multiple straight starts uh, just getting rocked or anything like that, or at least that's what I – I think he's very uh, capable of not being bad consistently. Yeah, and you know, I think that maybe as the season goes on, he'll get better and better as he's he gets stronger and stronger. Yeah, at least I hope. I would, I'd probably take him over any pitcher on my team right now. Maybe maybe Nola's been doing better. He he only does well when I watch him. That's a, something I've noticed. I actually saw the Phillies this week, so he did well. But uh, if I don't watch the game, then he's he gets uh, rocked generally. I'm usually pretty nervous watching my pitchers. Because, right, like, usually you're just waiting for bad things to happen. Yeah, and yeah. it seems like they just happen so quick. Yeah. So you follow well, up with... I've seen most of Tanaka start, so, you know, they've been mostly decent besides a couple. Yeah. I mean, he has the tendency to blow up, right? He's so home run prone. Yeah. So you follow up the Kershaw pick with Goldschmidt in the third round, which I do think that a lot of people weren't expecting a lot of the first baseman to fall to the third round and maybe some get taken in the second. How'd you feel about that pick? Um, I, you know, I liked the Goldschmidt pick at the time. I've been a little disappointed in him, uh, to be honest, as the season's gone. on. Um, you know, I thought he was going to have, you know, a, a, like a more power driven season, but he only has 12 home runs, you know? Um, what was the thought about taking him over Freddie Freeman and Anthony Rizzo? You know, like, this goes back to the, like, I've just never liked Freddie Freeman. I, I've always liked Paul Goldschmidt, you know? I, it just, it, it comes down to that. And I know it's fantasy, and I know it's stupid, but I, you know, I, sometimes I want to pick the players that I, that I like. Yeah. Nick, you also, I feel like you've had Goldschmidt a year. He's done I, really well. I have, yeah, I've had Goldschmidt. He's done me well before in fantasy. I mean, if definitely, you, you definitely are inclined to take players that have done well for you in the past. Not just you, I feel like. In general, like, I can't imagine not drafting uh, Josh Bell next year or uh, Eduardo Escobar. Those are pretty much my only two good players right now. Oh, we'll get to Josh Bell. Don't worry. I think Josh Bell will be a crucial part of this podcast going forward. I'm excited for that. But I definitely agree with that. If you don't enjoy the players on your team, you're just going to not have a good time. Even if they're playing well. If you don't like the people on your team, it's going to be rough. Um, yeah, I, I, it's yeah. funny. I was literally starting to, I got uh, super annoyed that 
Yandy Diaz accused the Yankees of trying to hit him intentionally, and I was like, I'm going to drop him. And then you were like, <laughs> then you were like, yo, do you want to trade Samarja for for Yandy? And I was just like, yes. Like if you, I literally would have given you it for like any player on your team. But I was like, fine, Samarja. At least a couple good starts into him. Yeah, he pitched well today, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He pitched well today. It wouldn't have done me any good. Uh, I mean, it didn't do him any, me any well. Yeah. But yeah. He I don't was, know. Uh, I'm hoping he gets. I'm hoping he gets traded to a good team. That's like really the only hope for Samarja. The problem. The problem is that if he gets traded, it's it's not going to be to any better ballpark because you can't really get a better ballpark than what is it Oracle Field now, not AT and T. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think I think it just seems like a. He's he's definitely one of those guys that could benefit from being on a playoff team. You know, a different a different environment, uh, more run support maybe. So you know, those wins will turn into losses. Or Jesus Christ, those losses will turn into wins. Yeah, you definitely don't want the wins to turn into losses. Yeah, no, that'd be bad. Not that he doesn't get any wins as is. Now so. here, here, your fourth and fifth picks. We talk about taking players you like, and then you follow it up with. Bogarts and David Price. The yeah, hell is well, up with that? Because then you know, you, you, then you're just like, oh, I, I, you know, I need to, I, I need to, my team needs to do well, and you know, I, I obviously I hate David Price, um, but I've never particularly like disliked Bogarts, um, and he just seemed like a good choice at the time, um, especially for. Uh, a shortstop. Yeah. You know, I felt I felt that like he was one of the better shortstops in the league. And I, <laughs> was that a sarcastic laugh or a cough? Cough. Cough. I like I thought he was like one of the better shortstops in the league, and I thought I was getting him at you know a good position. And you know, I I think I, I turned out to be to be to be right about that. Um, because if we rank shortstops, no, he's not even that high actually. Oh no, he's fourth. He's fourth in terms of in in, in shortstop. So I, you know, I well, thought it was good. Yeah, 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 he's been good. I think the the big thing with shortstop is that there's been a lot of the later picks have proven to actually be pretty good. Um, even though it doesn't mean that the early picks have not been good. Um, but just like at least from my team, I know like Andrus and uh, Modesty have proven to be like starting caliber shortstops. Um, even though Bogarts is is two and he's what'd you say number four? Yeah, he's four. Uh, but he he's uh, third in terms of points per game, fourth in terms of uh, rank. And Daniel knows that too, with uh, Eduardo Escobar right up there as well. Yeah, yeah. Ketel Marte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's been my uh, saviors so far I this year. I hate that I dropped Ketel Marte. You had it. You drafted him. I drafted him. Oh, wow. I thought he was a free agent all no, year. No, I drafted him. It's so sad. Oh, wow. I feel like I had too many shortstops and I had to choose one. It's okay. I dropped Derek Dietrich right before you picked him up and he's been killing it for you. I know. We essentially traded them. Yeah. Um, but all right. So, Nick, what what is the pick in the draft that you feel most proud of and which is the one that you'd uh, want to have a redo? Um, so, for a redo, I'd clearly be the, the first pick. Um uh, and the 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 draft I'm the pick I'm the most proud of would probably be uh, Glaber Torres I think. Okay, so that was round six. Yeah. Nick, what would when did you pick Josh Bell? Just curious. 
Shut up. Like, in the 15th, like, the 23rd. 10th round. 23rd round. 23rd round. What a great pick. Great find, Nick. You know, some of these players in the 23rd round have proven to be pretty good. I'm going to read you some of the names of the players that were drafted in the 23rd round. Brandon Woodruff, who's been pretty solid. Yeah. Max Kepler. Josh oh, Bell. Jake Odorizzi. Cattell Marte. Byron Buxton. And those are the main ones. Damn. That's a good 23rd round. It is. Yeah. Um, sorry, talk to us about Glaber Torres. So did you take him because you're a Yankees fan? Do you think you went a little bit early? and, Or did you think he was going to be this good? Um, you know, I just like... I, I Based on watching him last year, I thought he was going to be really good. But I, you know, I've also always been like a Glaber Torres fan. Um, so like maybe that was biasing my, my expectations, but you know, I, I think he's been really good and I think he's only going to get better. I think like as the season progresses, especially as the Yankees continue to play hot. Nick probably has a winning record, uh, in, in, uh, weeks where the Yankees have played Baltimore exactly and losses and losses when the Yankees haven't played Baltimore because Glaber just absolutely just has, they actually showed his stats in the game today. He's hitting like. 465 against the Orioles and 240 against everyone else. Is that a is that a combination? Like, does he does he just hit really well at Camden Yards, maybe? Or uh... no, it's just the Orioles pitching is terrible, and Camden or Yankee are both hitter friendly parks. So, and he just like hit them exceptionally well, but they're, you know, really the below all below par major league pitchers or below average. So, you know, he's <laughs> he is taking advantage of bad pitching, but no, he's good at bats. I just think. Uh, yeah, you know, he's a good pick. I, I think you made better picks. Is essentially my uh, my. Uh, what, what would you say my, my best pick was? And and don't say Josh Bell. Other well, than Josh okay, Bell. other than Josh Bell, no, I think uh, hmm. I liked your gray pick, and for the most part, that's been decent. Even though he's had, he's definitely had bad starts, but he's uh, had bad starts, but also Cincinnati can't score runs for him. Yeah, like he gave up two runs today and got the loss. Ozuna, when did when did you get Ozuna? I got Ozuna pretty late. That's actually yeah, that's, that's, probably, that's probably actually my best pick. I think yeah. Ozuna is really good. Yeah. No, Torres is a fun player to have though for sure. I would definitely take him at second base right now. The uh, the one pick that I do remember thinking that you know it was a player I was potentially going to take later in that round was uh, Randall. Yeah. The, yeah. the Yasmani Grandal pick. I did think he was somewhat of a tier above the remaining catchers of like Wilson Contreras, Yadi Molina, Wilson Ramos, Buster Posey. Yeah, I um, think he's probably to be for sure. And yeah, I mean, moving to Milwaukee, I think would only help him. I think they have a pretty good lineup and pretty favorable ballpark for someone like him. Um, he's been pretty good, right? Yeah, Justin, you really love the Brewers too. Yeah, I guess it just turned out that way. I mean, I wasn't like targeting yeah. Yelich. You just kind of yeah. fell into my lap. The fact that the fact that you have Jimmy Nelson on your roster, you just really—I don't know what your thing is for Jimmy Nelson. What, what he's—he's just been injured, but like he's definitely showed promise. It's just funny because I feel like he's always on your team. I've had him for like since last year, and he didn't pitch all year, so I like <laughs> couldn't jump ship now. And he's finally yeah. pitching on Wednesday. <laughs> I hope he pitches a. A no hitter for for you. He may like for blow his arm out in the first inning. Yeah. Um, but all right, and then how have you found like pickups? Is anyone you picked up you've been re- really proud of? 
Alex Colome. Is it Alex Colome or Alex Colome? Colome. Colome. Alex Colome. I, I think that's probably been my, my best pickup. Because uh, he's moved into the closer role for the White Sox, and, and he's been he's been great. 12 saves, 1.52 ERA. You know, for relief pitchers really not contributing that much, we sure talk about them a lot on the podcast. We had, like, a whole podcast dedicated to it with Michael Hogbro. We, well, you know, for this week alone, he's gotten me 6, 9, 7, and 7 points. You it's know? important. Like, it's yeah. an important part of a team. It adds up. I don't think I've ever had good relief pitching in this Tired. I may I, the year I made the playoffs. I had Greg Holland when he was with the Royals. So unless I take Royals closers, then who then do you I had I dropped Jordan Hicks, and he literally had three save opportunities in the last four days. He didn't get the save today because he he was about to blow it. Um, so the, it's not like they're overly reliant on him, but yeah, of course I dropped him. Uh, I don't know. The relievers are just very frustrating. I mean, Neris is the only one I've had. Uh, all three I drafted, or all four I drafted, I don't have on the team anymore. Yeah, so you drafted Andrew Miller, Jordan Hicks, Kelvin Herrera, and yeah, I thought Herrera. Yeah. You know, I thought Brazier was a steal at the beginning, and then he just blew a couple games. And... Your first Red Sox player ever. Yeah, I still have Christian Vasquez. Okay. So I just only go for, like, the low-end Red Sox. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I could ever root for one of their stars. Yeah. But, uh, I I was genuinely considering uh, J.D. Martinez um, with the 12th pick in the was- draft. If I would have taken another hitter after Judge, it would have been Martinez. Interesting. Yeah. How has Andrew Miller been doing this year? He started off really terrible. I think he's been better as of recent. But he, he started off. Yeah, his ERA is four. Yeah, a lot. He he gave up runs. I swear, every outing, his first like five outings. If your ERA um, is four and you're not getting saves, you're really not rosterable. No. Um, yeah, agreed. You need like a two two five ERA and not getting. I mean, saves. yeah. He's Kirby, one save on Kirby Yates has been so frustrating to watch. He just <laughs> gets two saves like every every waiver period. Yes. Yeah. Lewis has most. Lewis has literally the three best relievers. Yeah. He uh, does. By closer right now. Shane Green, I think, is going to get traded, though, to a team that already has a closer, I bet. Trying to bolster bullpen. I mean, I think for the rest of us in the league, we can only hope that Yates and Green both get traded to help us all have a chance to win, you know? Yeah, but I feel like at this point, with Yates doing as well as he's been doing, Yates would demand being a closer. (laughs) Whereas Green could definitely be like a, you know, Get traded back to the Yankees or something uh, and take a reliever role. The one thing I find funny about the draft, and when I look at it, right, we have a bunch of Yankees fans in the draft. I'd say, like, more than half. And then there are, like, a couple of Mets fans. And so, like, Yankees players come at a premium. Like, you really need to overdraft them if you want them or else they're going to be gone. And you see that with, like, where Aaron Judge went and where, like, uh... I would say even where Glaber went, right? Yeah, you like him, but that did seem like a reach compared to conventional ADP. And then you compare that to, like, the Mets players. It's like all the Mets fans in our league, like, they have to get a value in order for them to, like, take them. Like, they're not going out of their way to take them because they know that... Because they know that they're going to, like, catastrophes are just going to strike, you know? It's just going to happen. Wells definitely definitely took Mets super That's very true. 
can use in the league. But yeah, now that he now that Wells isn't there, uh, the Mets that we have, the Mets fans don't don't really particularly overdraft Mets. It's two very different looks on fandom, and I feel yeah. like I overdraft Rockies too, being the lone non-New York fan. You love you love John Gray. I always think you overdraft John Gray. Yeah, I can't quit him. I really yeah. Can't. I wish you would. I wish you would have overdrafted on Kyle Freeland this year. Yeah. So uh, I'm so happy at least Frankie gets to suffer one start before he gets sent to AAA. So let's talk about that. So Daniel, you you made a trade this week. Um, so it was Griffin Canning for Julio Tehran and Kyle Freeland. So talk a little bit about how that came together. Did you offer that, or was there some back and forth? No, I literally just was super pissed off at how my team was doing, and I was like, Griffin Canning seems good. I wanted to pick him up when initial waivers, and I was like, Shh, you know. Shit, like Frankie beat me to seeing seeing that he was coming up. Like I had mo- been monitoring that he was doing really well in AAA this year. Um, and so I was like, all right, let's see if he stays up. And I, I just, uh, you know, I think, I think he has a real opportunity to be the Angels guy. And uh, just his strikeout numbers are pretty good for, so far um, in the majors, I think. Uh he definitely, I don't know. He just I, there's something. I think he. I think it's like a good opportunity. I think his numbers have shown he'll consistently get fantasy points with the strikeout numbers. Um, you know, teams don't seem to have figured him out yet. He's came uh, a month and a half into the year, so he'll he'll uh, you know he doesn't start from the beginning of the year accumulating innings. Um, you know, he's still a little behind there. But yeah, I just think he. I guess all in all, um, his upside just seemed a lot more than those other two, and I was really tired of Freeland. I was actually probably going to drop him shortly if he had another bad start because, you know, he's definitely cost me being closer in a handful of my losses. Um, Definitely just has not been even in the same realm as what he was last year. I think he's had two good starts in every other one. You know, when I follow his games, it's like he'll have a 40-pitch first inning, give up two runs, but he'll have a couple strikeouts. So you're like, all right, maybe he'll get it together in the second inning. It just doesn't happen. And, uh, yeah, and Toronto, Toronto was honestly pretty good. But, um, you know, I think he just seemed to labor between 0 and 18, and he just – he wasn't going to win me games, you know. He was going to pitch and not – do bad, but also not do great. And I needed someone that I felt had a better shot at getting me, you know, a 25 point performance. And so I guess caning, I just, you know, if I could package them and I kind of just sent it to Frankie and women. So I was accepting it. I was like, all right, um, you know, let's, let's see what happens here. Um, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather have another pitcher off waivers than have to stick with Freeland at this point. So yeah, and I'm curious about Frankie's view on Freeland as well. I mean, it almost seemed to me like a, a traditional like salary dump type play, where like, yeah, it's, he, you can give him Tehran and he'll give you Canning, but if he wants Tehran, he has to take Freeland. He yeah. has to be burdened with Kyle Freeland for however long he wants him. I think I think you know it is it is somewhat like that in that. Frankie has more time than me, I guess, uh, with the way things are currently going, to be a little more patient with Freeland. Whereas I just really couldn't couldn't wait for him to be what he was last year, or even somewhat close to that. Yeah, the standings um, are officially updated, by the way. 
Uh, so you've dropped to uh, 11th place. I know. Damn. Uh, yeah. And the the two to six all have the same record. Five and four, baby. Five and four. That's what all the cool kids are. Yeah. No one wants to be nine and zero. Oh. <laughs> what the hell is that? Ooh. So I'm looking at the draft board right now. Like a baby now. I'm looking at the draft board right now. Daniel, I want to read out your rounds 9 through 15 picks. Go for it. So, Kyle Freeland uh, traded round 9. Round 10, Lorenzo Kane, still on your team. Round 11, Scooter Jeanette, dropped pretty early in the year. Yep. Round 12, Brandon Nimmo, your NL MVP pick. <laughs> you dropped him, right? Yeah. Yep. Round tw- round 13, Julio Tehran, traded in the same deal as Kyle Freeland. Round 14, Michael Waka, and we're going to get to him in a minute, but traded. And then round 15, Sean Newcomb, who you dropped. <laughs> oh, man, that was pretty... You did follow it up with Eduardo Escobar, though. Yeah, he, Escobar was 16th, right? Yeah. Yeah. But... You know, I can't say Tehran was that, but Tehran was fine. No. But he's just yeah. not on your team anymore. Yeah, no, definitely. So not. let's talk about Michael Waka, because that may have been the trade of the year from Daniel's perspective. So the- yeah, well, you know, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that that was probably the worst trade in the history of all fantasy and all real um, Major League Baseball. It ended. It ended up being, but no one, even no. myself, could have seen the advantage that trade would would have. You know, even if. Waka was like a sustainable 11 point starter. It wouldn't even be a terrible trade for, you know, 11 to 13 points, maybe. It wouldn't be that terrible a trade from your perspective. But literally, Waka was completely useless after I traded him. And Bell just started going off on a tear. Like, it, it, the trade happened and they just could not have gone more opposite. I know, and you know, this is always my fear with trading. Is like I'm always like, I'm gonna trade this player. He's gonna go off. Um, you know, and and it happened. I do think it could easily happen the other way though, and right to like everyone who says like, oh, pitching so important and stuff like that. Like this is why you trade for hitting if you need hitting, because <laughs> something like this could easily happen, um, where you get a top five player at a position and you don't have to give up that much for pitching. Um, so how did this one come together? I, I mean, it seemed like it was a positional need for both of you, and Nick seemed to have a surplus at first base with Goldie. Yeah, well, you know, I was shopping Waka around, I'm uh, sorry, I was shopping Bell around to, to multiple teams. I think, um, let me see, I think, uh, um, who, what's Columbo's team? Uh, a Kiss from a Rosario. A Kiss from a Rosario. I think Columbo offered me, um... David Dahl. David Dahl. We were discussing this, and I told him. Castellanos as well, and David Dahl um, for Josh Bell, which, you know, would have been a way better trade in hindsight. But so I was trying to shop him around because he was playing worse than Goldschmidt, and I had Chris Davis to to play uh, the utility spot. So I just, I had him on my bench almost every game. And, you know, I, I needed pitching, and I don't remember the initial trade that Daniel offered me, but it was, like, Waka and somebody else for Bell and no, somebody Nick, else. Nick, it was actually – oh, I don't know about that trade, but I do remember we were discussing 
Cattell Marte for, for Josh Bell, which would have been definitely the best trade for you of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was, I thought he was going to kind of fall off a little and then he just kind of kept it, kept it going. And I was happy that, uh, I didn't make the trade. You know, people have shown interest in Escobar and Marte and I've been close to being like, um, oh, you know, maybe like I could get value for them. And then they've, They've just been consistent, though. I'm glad I haven't pulled the trigger with trading either of them. You know, but Waka, yeah. Um, you know, and the thing is, like, <laughs> like Waka's always had good stuff. And, you know, people have always, like, I remember it was the first couple of years, people were like, you know, Waka's going to be good. He's going to be a good pitcher. And I feel like we've been waiting for quite some time now. And, like, he just, he's never delivered. Um, he was good last year when he wasn't injured. Or his, his stats were. But, yeah, he was just injured last year. You know, so now I'm like, you know, it's like, I'm like, do I, do I, I do I drop Waka? I, obviously, like, if I hadn't traded for him, I would drop him right away because fuck him. <laughs> fuck Michael Waka. But, you know, like, giving up the, the one of the top five players in the league for him, like, I'm like, should I just go with this and see where it takes me? Maybe he'll, maybe he'll bounce back and have a great second half and, and go 10-0, and 0, you know? But you know, you should drop him. Yeah, I I know I should drop him, but it just seems like like a complete waste. I think he officially lost his rotation spot, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. but he might get that back. He's I in mean, the bullpen. He got rocked in the bullpen too. That's a rough one, yeah. But I think yeah, you should I, just you know, cut bait. I didn't even realize he he got put in the bullpen, and he and on the 29th he got negative 15, and like thank God I had him on the bench because he <laughs> he might have just still been in the starting rotation, like he might have still been on the roster, and then I you know so thank you know I'm just happy happy that happened. Without uh, looking, do you guys know what number hitter Josh Bell is this year? I would guess four, uh, third. I'm trying to think. Bellinger's definitely one. Yeah. I think Yelich is too. Correct. Uh, are, maybe Arenado's ahead. Arenado's three. That's Arenado's right. Arenado's three. Right. And then Bell is probably four or five. Bell is five. There's one person above him. Um, hitter? Yep. Oh, Mike Trout. Exactly. Trout, yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. Which is crazy. Mike Trout is so good. Yeah. Even when he's not having like a... I don't know. I just feel like being on the Angels is such a cloud for him. Just, I know. It just clouds over how good he consistently is. I was kind of mad when he signed that really long extension this offseason. Why? Just because he'll never get to go anywhere with better publicity. I mean, if he was on the Yankees, could you imagine? Yeah, but he's in the oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, but he's on the Angels. You mean because the Angels? But the Angels could get good. Next couple of years, they could. And West Coast, West Coast is tough. I don't know. I feel like there is an East Coast bias in most sports. Maybe less so yeah. in baseball. Yeah, the Angels have a fan base. It's crazy. I actually went to a game last summer there, and like a third of the people in the stadium were Japanese. It's crazy. They all love Otani. It's he really has like one of the biggest fan bases in baseball right now. Um, even more so than Trout out there. Um, but yeah, it's very it's yeah. So Trout, I guess then that would even uh, further add to your point of maybe Trout should have gone to the Phillies or Yankees. That would have been a lot of fun. I would trade a, a lot of people on the Yankees for Trout. 
Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the Yankees have had some injuries this year. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want Trout on the Yankees. Why? Just because I I I don't know. I, it's not the kind of I don't I don't like the those kinds of teams that are that are built from stars from other teams. You know, like I was upset when we got Giancarlo. You know, I, I still think that that was a bad idea. Yeah, but getting Trout would never be a bad idea. He's so good. I don't know. I understand where you're coming from. I felt a little bit like that when the Broncos got Peyton Manning. It just felt like they were kind of like buying a championship. And But I can tell you it still yeah. feels good when you win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, Peyton was way less of like uh, – because it's not like the Broncos always buy players. You know, like the Yankees, it's like Trout of the Yankees. It's like, oh, of course the Yankees just spend a lot of money for the best guy. Yeah. Yeah. And like already have a good team anyway, you know. How many times have we talked about the Yankees getting Harper? You know, like it's just like the, I don't yeah, know. Stan, that. Yeah. Would you have rather had Harper over Stan? Yes, absolutely. Har- yeah, I think Harper is a much better player than Stan. I don't know. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm I definitely. Fan. I don't know. I don't think Giancarlo Stan is that good. That's just my. In my opinion, though, I he's good, but I don't know. I would, I would, I just like Harper more. There's nothing. I, I don't know who I think is better. Both, they're both frustrating players to be like the face of your team. You know, like I feel like with Harper, there's just a lot of good and a lot of really frustrating. um, With, you know, in Washington, he as good as he was. Uh, they never really won anything with like a lot of superstar players, and you know now he comes to Philly and the expectations immediately championship. But I think the Phillies are still like a step away from being a championship team. From they what don't I've have the pitching. Yeah, they don't have the pitching. I don't know if I. I mean, yeah, I think their lineup's good enough. Maybe in the NL, the NL just seems so wide open too. I mean, maybe the Dodgers are just the best team again, but I don't know. I mean, I'm going to take a look at, like, team ERAs, but I feel like the Phillies have to be down there, especially with starters. Yeah. And their bullpen isn't great. No. But. Arietta has been okay. Yeah, Arietta, he doesn't do well against good teams. Yeah. So the Phillies have the, uh, they're, you know, their ERA is pretty okay. It's four one four as a team, which is I think tenth best or ninth best. Yeah, it's not bad. But the FIP is pretty bad. So it's only going to get worse from here. Uh, Who's the Phillies? The NL and ERA. So the Phillies FIP is the sixth worst. In all of baseball, or just the NL? All of baseball. The NL leader in ERA is the Dodgers at 3-6. Yeah. And that's all pitchers, not just starters. Do you know Mm -hmm. all of baseball's leader in ERA with a 3? What, team? Yeah. Rays. Yep. They're really good. Yep. Yeah, no, that makes sense. They're they're scrappy. I mean, they lost today, right? But. Uh, Yeah, they lost to Odorizzi. Yeah. The revenge game. Where did that come from, too? I knew. Didn't you used to really like him? I did. I really liked Odorizzi back when he was younger, and then he just kind of, I don't know, he lost his uh, polish a little bit. But now he's clearly gained it back. He literally know. might win the Cy Young if 
if it ended today, he might win a Hail Cy Young. It feels Probably. a little fugazi to me. It does do. I mean, I don't trust it as much as, you know, Verlander being dominant, but I feel like in general, too, the AL pitching is a little down, generally. A lot of good pitchers aren't aren't doing you know, they'll have games where they'll get a lot of strikeouts, but they'll they'll also just very prone to giving up runs. Yeah. You know, like Bauer Cole, like they still give up runs. They're not like shut they haven't been shut down guys like some of the NL pitchers. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the leader for NL Cy Young right now has to be Hyunjin Ryu. Yeah, absolutely. With the the May that he had. <laughs> With, yeah. and with his 1.48 ERA. It's I'm just looking at all the league leaders and everything now. Which, of course, Josh Bell's in the top five for batting and everything. But, you know. Um, yeah. Would Zach Davies be second for uh, Sayag with his 6-0 and and 2-2 ERA? I mean, he has to be up there, right? <laughs> it's, it's just so funny. Every time – I almost, like – every time he doesn't do great, I almost drop him. And then his next two starts will be decent again. So I'm just like, I can't drop you. Like okay. I, it's just no, I'm not trading. At this point, I'm writing him for the rest I'll of the year. Together, a good package for Zach Davies. Yeah, yeah, but I think I offered him to Colombo for like a trade of, of around Quintana, and Colombo was like, "I hate Davies. He's not going to be that good." <laughs> and I was like, "No, nah, I don't like him that much either." But <laughs> Quintana's been terrible since I talked that trade with him. And Davies has been solid again. Davies, third lowest qualified ERA right now, behind Ryu and Odorizzi and above Verlander. So Yeah. No, I know. It's it's insane. He went eight innings today. One thing that I don't get that it seems like you guys get are a lot of trade offers. No one wants to well, trade with me. Besides every, you, Daniel. I offer, I offer so many trades. I mean, wait, Justin, are there any trades you'd, you'd want to do with me? You know? To be honest, I haven't looked at your team. But to say, like, very rarely do people ever reach out to me to trade. And I, I don't know if that's... Because it seems like you guys have gotten a lot of offers on certain players. All my know, it seems like they're all very, uh, I guess, like, low intensity or, or yeah. low value. Like, no one's willing, you know... There the, haven't been any... The you bring up, like, a good starter, just it shuts down. I mean... Uh, you know, no one, no one's willing to give up certain things. You know, uh, the trades in general—they're just someone has excess at a certain position that could be more valuable on someone else's team. You know, Nick, Nick—if Bell was doing what he was doing now, there's no way Nick would consider right. trading for me. But Nick had Goldschmidt and Davis, so he really couldn't play Bell consistently. So he was like, "If I can get some value for Bell at another position that I right. need more, let me do that." And I think and that those trades make sense. Yeah. No, that's more or less like the only way trades are going to get done is for these very low, low uh, end things. You know, you take a chance for getting you just yeah. that no little push to win a week. No one wants to trade their MVP, you know. No. It's uh, I mean, I think if you're shaking value around, right? If you're losing an MVP in one position and gaining it in another, that you necessarily need more. I think it could be a win-win yeah. for both teams. But like, would you trade Justin Justin Verlander for um, like you know whoever's the top-rated hitter in the league? Probably not. No. Bell, like, would you trade Verlander for Bellinger? No, because I don't need I don't need that position. Though. I don't need first base or outfield. Losing Verlander loses me a lot more there than 
I'm gaining and getting Bellinger over like a Reese Hoskins. What started? What started, Justin? Not I, I'm not trying to trade Josh Bell to you or pitch Josh Bell or even <laughs> you can use Cody Bellinger for this sake. But what what pitcher on your team do you think you would give up? Who's the best pitcher on your team you would give up for Cody Bellinger? This this is actually a very good question. We should both everyone should do this in this podcast. Yeah, sure. I'm um, down to answer it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll answer too. Now, I do think the answer is different, right? It depends how you value Cody Bellinger. I feel like everyone kind of values at least Mike Trout mm-hmm. very highly. Sure. Um, yeah. 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 But I think I think Bellinger we can do it fairly. I think I, the reason I think Bellinger is good for this is because Trout's consistently like a number one pick, but you know. Would you give, really give up a starter you got, you know, between the second, fifth round that's given you good value for yeah. Bellinger who went in the set like seventh or eighth round? Um, you know, would you give up the value of a starting pitcher and the starting pitcher for a guy, for a hitter that's been the best hitter to this point? But I don't think anyone would argue Bellinger is the best player in the league. You know, everyone would say Trout is. Yeah. Sorry. So looking looking at Bellinger, I wouldn't give up Verlander. Okay. I would consider Syndergaard and would do anyone else. Okay. Yeah, I feel like would you probably... say your third best starter? Just. Uh... I would say Rich Hill. Okay. Uh, I I feel like I'm in the same boat as Justin. Like I I would I wouldn't give up Kershaw. I I would consider David Price. And then I would obviously trade anyone else. Yeah, I, I kind of – it's tough to give up the value of Nola, even though, like, Bellinger has twice as many points as Nola. I don't know if I could do it. Um, yeah, he's the, the bona fide number one. I also – just my team specifically, um, I mean – no, actually, I really could use Bellinger because I could just put him in the outfield, and I definitely could use an upgrade from – Kane or someone else. So I'd probably give up, yeah, anyone but Nola. Um, I would probably give up. As much as I would hate to trade Tanaka, it's definitely uh, the way to go. So, yeah, maybe. So then, you know, for the best offensive player in the league, none of us would be willing to give up our aces, but we'd consider once you go down from there. Yeah, no. yeah, but, but but no one would do that trade, you know? Like, Ooh. that's the thing. Right, I'm curious what Hogbro says in the chat after this. He's like, no, I wouldn't take any of those offers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm curious. I, I know he wouldn't take Tanaka for Bellinger as an offer uh, based off history of the thread. I, I mean, I think the perfect example, right, would be someone, and eh, maybe not. It, it has to be someone who needs outfield, right? Mm-hmm. Or first base. So if you need outfield or first base, like, I would definitely trade Syndergaard for Bellinger. So, right. but like Verlander right now is the number one pitcher. So it's number one pitcher for number one hitter. I do think yeah. that pitching is more valuable because you always need pitching. Um, mm-hmm. So it's tough. And I don't want to slight everyone. There has been one person in the league who has offered me a couple of trades this season. I'm not going to say names. They know who they are. Um, and I do appreciate it that uh, the trades that have been offered, even though I regret turning some of them down. Um, I have tried to work with this one person who has offered me a couple of trades. So I did want to give a shout out to him. Mysterious person. 
Yeah. I was just checking my uh, my my uh, waiver claims. Who'd you get? <laughs> uh, I got Tyler Bede. I'm really taking a risk here. <laughs> oh, he's with the Mets. That's and I'm just like, maybe he's pitched better his last start. <clears throat> I'm now the proud owner of uh, Andrew Kashner. Uh, dude, I, I was looking at Kashner. He's facing a good team now this week. So it's... I know. I, he got he got fucked up. It was really it was really thin on waivers for pitching. Yeah, yeah, but Kashner is at least uh, like he's consistent. Yeah, I think the one thing to look out for, and I mean, Lewis has Anibal Sanchez sitting in his IL slot right now, so he's going to have to make a move eventually because he's been activated already. But taking a look at who he drops, that person is probably going to go for a decent amount of money, whether it's you know Sanchez himself or someone else, because they're going to automatically become the best pitcher on waivers yeah mm. oh, cj crone has just dropped interesting that is interesting and hogbro got uh jordan hicks finally uh, going good, for his relief pitchers good for him i bet <laughs> i bet on hicks i bet on hicks again he's not, they, they weren't giving him consistent enough save opportunities it was very frustrating funny funny that he picked him up because i'm kind of employing his strategy is I, I'm hoping Yarborough gets an opener from here on out. He's done better with openers. So, you know, having him – oh, wait, but I just dropped him for someone. So no <laughs> that. For Marcus Walden. Yeah. Back to the you know, Red they Sox. Get, they get points. They get points. You know, I don't know. He's just a reliever getting the most points, you know, and I need that. Uh, CJ Cron has been really good. Yeah, but first, no one needs everyone. I was looking at first baseman. I was like, I have Vogelback, yeah. and I was like, what if I could trade Vogelback for anything? Yeah, no one needs first base. Yeah, no one needs first base. But still, I mean, he was dropped for Christian Walker, so Hogbro clearly sees something in Christian Walker. Yeah. Um, all right, so I want to transition a little bit, talking away from players and talking specifically about teams, because I've gotten a lot of slack, no pun intended from Nick the past couple of weeks with the power rankings. Um, because every week I do them, and there is a formula, and he seems like he falls to the bottom despite being 5-4. and four. Um, And he was 12th again last week. And I think he actually, when we do it again this week, will jump up. But I want to give Nick the opportunity to create his own power rankings, starting from 12 and going up to 1 if he would like. And I want to see where his team falls in and where everyone else's team falls in. Right now? Yeah, sure. Um, all right. Or if you just want to do like a subset of teams. No, I'll do I'll do all of them. Let me get a let me get a pen so that I can uh, write this down. Starting yeah. with starting with twelve and going up. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, completely okay. ad hoc too. There was no preparation done here. Okay. Do I have to justify my my rankings? I think you could say a line or two. Yeah. Okay. Um, About why you put Daniel twelve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, in 12th place is, is going to be the St. Mark's uh, Sly Sleepers, for sure. Okay. Um, just because they're terrible. Owner of a three-game losing streak. Yeah, they're on, yeah they're, on, they're on quite the losing streak. They have no pitching whatsoever. Um, you know, the only reason they have any hitting is because they made off with the trade of the century. <laughs> um... So, you know, I, I see no potential at all. Like, what, John Lester is going to save your season? No, that's not going to happen. Damn, he's getting um, personal now. I, I feel like Daniel, like, 
you know, has a weird thing for Mike uh, Fultonowitz. Pronounce his name right, and maybe uh, people will take it <laughs> seriously. Fultinovich, whatever, whatever. Keep trying. You have like five tries to try and get his name. Fultonowitz. Fultonowitz. Nope. All right, I give up. Closer. Hmm? Closer. Navich. Fultonowitz. to mention, uh, yeah. Um, no, I'm, glad, I'm glad you think a team you lost to by 200 is the worst team in the league. He was sixth yeah. and in California. Yeah, dude, I had a, I had a rough week. Like that was a real rough. No, he forgot to. He, he did forget to start Jake Arrieta, who had negative one that week. So that that would have <laughs> that would have actually changed the score a little bit. <laughs> oh man, I feel a rivalry brewing here. I mean, it's been it's brewing been, for a while. It's been there for a while. Yeah, you should see it in football. It's 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 bad. Yeah. We don't talk to each other for weeks. <laughs> um, right. So who's 11? 11, I'm going to put Hillwood Black Sox. Okay. Dude, they, they just scored 380 back-to-back weeks. If anything, they're on the up. One of the reasons I'm losing, Nick, is because I've had 390, 390, and 330 against me the last couple weeks. Don't talk to Hillwood. me about points scored against. No, I know. You've had it bad, too. So it's so bad. Because Lewis is, despite Lewis having the best team, he's also, until you played him this week, really had some bad weeks against him. So Lewis has just been able to, like, sit comfortably around, like, Wednesday yeah. or Thursday. Yeah. And not even have to worry about, like, you know, who to start and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I scored 400, and I lost. Yeah, no, it's tough. It's the second time in three weeks I've scored 400 and lost. It's crazy. Who's the other against? Frankie. I Frankie. lost 392 to 398, I think. Frankie suffered having Kyle Freeland on his team this week and <laughs> lost. All right, so we got the Hillwood Black Sox. Even though they've, they've shown promise, they're 11th. Yeah, they're, I'm not buying it. All right. 10th um, <laughs> uh, is going to be uh, Web Gems, which, you know, I, I don't I, – I really – I fail to see other than Mike Trout. Like, I fail to really see a bright spot on this team. We established um, you last know, week he doesn't listen to the podcast anyway, so you could shit on his team all you want. <laughs> I've always been a fan of, of Bumgarner, obviously. Um, I like Bumgarner. Uh, that was my pick for who you were drafting. Me too. And I, you know, I just I, I almost did draft him. You're almost right. Um, if I had an, if if he didn't fall, then I, you know, I, w- I would have taken him. You know, Patrick Corbin has been my sleeper pick from like 2015 to 2017. So now that he's actually good, I you know I hate him. Um, <laughs> All right, and, so we got the Web Gems tenth. Yeah. Who you got ninth? Ninth. Uh, I'm gonna probably go with McLovin. Okay. Um, I do McLovin. How are you not in the bottom four? Eighth at five. <laughs> Um, no, five and four. He's five and four. In the bottom four. Dude, I have. I am one of the teams, teams in this league with a winning record. How am I? How am I five and four? By the luckiest streak in the history of of fantasy no. baseball. It's all management skills and and you uh, know. All right, all right, go on. Go on. Finish your rankings. Which I have. Eight. So melon heads oh. are eight. Um, and then um, seven, I'm gonna put uh, a kiss from Rosario. 
Okay. God, he's just putting the teams he's beaten down. <laughs> if you've lost to Nick, then you're low on the power rankings. You've beaten Nick, you've gained his respect, and we'll be above him. Look, we did put him on the spot here. True. Yeah. Plus, like, I, you know, I'm doing this very, uh, very without much, much previous thought. It's so this is going to be uh, Squirtle, Squirtle Sluggers. He really loves he he loves his and Eric's team. It's really funny. Right now. Um, it's really what it is. So now I have to decide because I'm 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 ranking myself at fourth. <laughs> okay. Um, so I have to decide who I'm putting fifth: either um, Brooklyn Brawlers or um, once you go Blackman, you never go Manny. And never go back, Manny. The full name. Once you go black, when you never go back, Manny. Please don't establish I, any legitimacy to that team name. I don't. I don't. Well, you know, I was gonna say like maybe I'm, I'm like missing some something, but I don't. I don't understand the team name. Once you go black, man, never go back, Manny. So put him fifth. Hmm. So put him fifth in your power rankings. Because of the bad team name. Because of the bad team name. <laughs> That's honestly more logical than most of your other. Justifications for these power rankings. All right, all right. Well, so we'll put Blackman fifth. Okay. Um, um, and then we'll put Brooklyn Brawlers third. Um, and then we'll put Colorado Crush second, and MVPs first. Ooh. There you have it. Ooh. Rankings by the Murano Verrazanos. Yeah. All right. Hey, you know, yeah, I just like to say, like, you know, in all of my fantasy runs where I've done well. It's always been like complete serendipitous uh, luck, and you know that 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 works for me, and it's going to keep working for me. If you don't have a shrine to the fantasy gods and voodoo dolls of certain players, you're not doing it right. That's just you have to, you have, to have the will to win. You, you know, yeah. you can change the outcome of a game by by willing. Like, how did Josh Donaldson? hit like three home runs over the course of 20 minutes to help me come back and win in week four. That or week was a three. pretty great, that was a like, pretty great win. You know, that's just pure yeah. ma- managerial skill. That's no, it was, it was. If I'm remembering correctly, those that game made your team go from having the worst score in the week to having the second worst score in the week behind Frankie, <laughs> who you beat. So, no, that was pure, pure managerial genius, Nick. That was a yeah, and, and when I play when I play Lewis again, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to beat. If Lewis. you're if you're the first person to beat Lewis, uh, I don't know. We should we should come up with some prop bet on who's gonna be the first team to beat Lewis. I don't even play him again. So yeah, you don't even play him again. So that although um, if I beat him in the playoffs, still counts if it's the first team. Yeah, yeah. No, of course, of course. But yeah, now that you're out, it's Lewis just really thinks he's gonna be undefeated. Why not? Lewis is probably just he just goes to sleep well every night, you know, knowing that his team is is already playoff bound. I will say who's, though, who's playing Lewis next? Um, can check. But Come on, tell me, someone in my division having a perfect record does put a lot of pressure on him. Because right, I don't know if he can necessarily make moves for the playoffs because he has that perfect record still intact that he doesn't want to break. So he can't really sacrifice the now for the future because if he loses, then he's just another team. He doesn't have that perfect record anymore. I would say, I would say the bigger pressure is 
not being uh, just kind of like overly into your team if one of your guys starts doing bad, you know? Like let's say tomorrow Caleb or you know Caleb Smith just goes on a streak of getting rocked three straight times. Yeah, the league figures him out. You know, it's like will Lewis just be like, no, but he was so good for me. You know, in my run that he'll just stick with the player for too long. You know, that's definitely you know at this point you know you see that maybe a major injury, but uh, you know right now it's it's him against the field. He plays the Squirtle sure. Sluggers next. Yes, excellent. That's the perfect team he needs to play. They can beat him. I think that's the best. I think that's that's the he might be the best team in my division. I think I think in my division I definitely still can win. That's my my shot is my division. It is wide open. I can somehow get close to five hundred with those last three games. I'm telling, I'm telling myself this. I can win those. Jeremy's team. It seems like they either score like five hundred or one hundred. It's never. You're either, you know, you just got to play roulette with his team. That's why a team like that can definitely beat the MVPs. Yeah. Just have to have a good week. Um, but, yeah, so good good power rankings, Nick. Let's, yeah. D- do you want to do a power ranking, Daniel? No, because I'd, I'd also just be too biased and too, <laughs> too, you upset, too upset. My team, just tell me where you'd rank my team and where you'd rank your team. Um, I think you'd be bottom. I, I'd probably put you bottom three for sure. I think you've been doing better recently, but you also, um, you know, yeah, I think you're, I think you're how far below you are. Everyone points wise is slightly misleading in that in, you know, I don't think you clearly have the worst team. I think you have a, uh, you have a good team in some ways or you have like good players you know that can win you weeks um i would probably put you i honestly think it might be if i had to say right now i'd put probably the web gems last honestly like i will say the web gems have had two really good weeks before this one like 360 weeks like everyone sleeps on them but they are good he did almost beat Lewis. Uh, yeah, but it's it's gonna be hard for the for the web gems to make a run. Everyone's shown uh, promise. So. You know, I think I think the other team, Eric's team, is he's very lucky to be five and four in a lot of ways. You know, um, his team has clearly had one of the low, consistently low uh, point outputs. Um, you know, I feel like they've never, other than against you, he really didn't hasn't had any uh, crazily impressive weeks. Um, you know, Jose Ramirez has clearly been the flop of the first round yeah. um, in a lot of ways. So, I don't know if I could do a whole power rankings. I'd probably put myself, like, in the 7 to 9 range. I think I've gotten unlucky. Like I said, I would have had to score over three, over around 400 the last couple weeks to to win. And Globo had, you know, 330 this week, which is not an easy number to beat. Um, so, I think... I think I've had some bad luck. I think overall I should be either four and five or five and four, but uh, at three and six, you know, it's still only a couple games back with a very winnable division. So we'll see. I think we'll do that this week. We'll do a crowdsourced power rankings. I'll send out like a Google form that'll let people drag and drop. I like like that idea. And then I'll compare where the consensus is versus everyone's own uh, assumption of themselves. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great idea. Like, yeah, for sure, for sure. So we'll send something out. 
Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, that covered most of the fancy stuff I want to talk about. I'll give you guys an opportunity to bring up anything you want before we get into the last portion, which you know, is going to be new. I guess, I guess, I guess one thing to note, um, just curious your opinions. What about, what do you think of, uh, of Lucas Giolito? Do you think this is just like the, you know, he could be that final piece for Lewis to just be like absolutely deadly. It's like, I know every, I think everyone at some point considered picking him up, but he just hasn't been hadn't been performing and now he's just looked like incredible the last three, four starts. So do you think this is a real a real thing? Nick, I'll defer to you to start on that one. I mean, I'm just looking at his stats now and and they're you know they're ridiculous. Like he's he's hitting like thirty five points, twenty seven points, twenty nine points. I mean, pretty legit, yeah. For the scored. last month, for the you know for the last month he's been great. But I mean, I don't know. He had a he it seems like he had a pretty rocky start. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to tell. I haven't like I haven't watched him pitch, so I you no, know. nor have I. I was just curious if you guys have. I have him on my other team, so um, at least have him in one week. So he scored 59 points combined versus me this week. Um, <laughs> Trevor Richards scored 49. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Between them, they face the uh, the Indians, the Royals, the Giants, and the Padres. Um, not saying that that's a reason why they did well, but I do kind of think Giolito is legit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't say that often with players who just, like, come out of nowhere with this stuff, but it does feel like he's legit. I think the problem for Lewis's team, and I'm not necessarily saying this Giolito-specific, but the fact that I feel like he is relying on players who may not have the longevity in that they can hold up an entire season, like a Caleb Smith and, like, maybe a Trevor Richards and not, like, crusty old veterans who pitch 180 innings every year like Grinky who you know he'll still be the same pitcher come August, September, I think that's where he could end up running into some issues. But I think so far, like everything I've seen, Giolito is actually a really, really good pitcher. Okay. Yeah. Well, for Lewis, I hope not. For, for the me strikeouts are incredible. Like, I don't yeah, know. no, that's, it seems like he's just getting a lot of people to chase the, the slider outside. and He went from a 6.5K per 9 pitcher to a ten and a half within a year like he has to have a different approach or a new pitch or something like that because that just doesn't happen overnight yeah no i haven't seen him at all but i saw you know just like the instagram highlight of all his strikeouts and it looked like it was just you know actually just very difficult to touch do you think he's legit yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i took him like four years ago well, he was like still in the national system, and uh, you know he never hasn't really come around till now. But um, you know, I mean, definitely there was a lot of hype around him. You know, he had the. I think he. I could be re- remembering wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was considered to potentially be the number one pick coming out of high school, and then he had like an injury, so he dropped to like in the teens. Yeah, he but was 16th he was, overall. In yeah, he was widely used. You know, definitely considered to be one of the top high school pitchers coming out, and he has like the frame to be just like a big strikeout guy. Um, you know, throws hard and has good breaking stuff. So, I mean, we'll see. You know, definitely, 
Um, definitely time will tell. Hopefully he can stay healthy. You know, he's had some injury issues early in his career. Yeah. He was taking uh, three picks before Michael Walker. This year? 2012. <laughs> oh, 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 in the actual yeah, draft. In the actual oh, draft, yeah. I think he took a pick before him. No, like, sorry. I thought he was a waiver ad, too. Um, do you guys follow the MLB draft? Because I know it's happening on Monday. I, I do. I follow it more and more each year. I don't – I would say I would say when I say follow it is uh, I'll, like, look it up and then kind of just take note of who it is. Um, you know, if there's anything, like, particularly inter- interesting about, about, uh, about these players, and I guess, like, depending on the teams they go to, I somewhat follow them in the minors. But I wouldn't say I know it. Yeah even close to uh, the NBA or NFL draft. Um, I mean, those you really look at. Like, every year I'm just like, who could the Giants take and uh, watch watch those? Whereas, you know, if someone the Yankees take someone, there's a good chance they might not even be there by the time they get to the majors because we would trade them for, uh, you know, a player that can help us win now. Do you pay attention, Nick? No, not at all. The, the thing I struggle with is that the NHL draft is also in, like, the middle of June, early part of June, so it's, like, the NBA same too. exact time. Yeah, MLB's tomorrow. Yeah, so I don't really follow it too, too much. All I heard is that, like, there's no pitchers this year. Yeah, I know the first pick's supposed to be this catcher. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah. Nick, anything you wanted to cover? You know, I guess, like, the, the one thing I, I wish about the league is that I wish there was more shit talking going on. Oh damn! You know, because I, I love I love talking shit, and that you know I, I wish that it, like you know more people would talk shit. You do start a little bit in the slack, and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna talk some shit tomorrow for sure while I'm at work. You should, and I think yeah. I think the slack is a good place to do it. Or you can yeah. even like DM people in Slack, and you know, yeah, talk yeah. shit to their face, and no one else can know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we'll do more shit talking. I like it. I think uh, you know there's some sensitive souls in the league. Yeah, get some, get angry, you know, get mad because someone said your team sucks. Like, like I yeah. do every week when I post the power rankings. Yeah. Oh man, I'm sorry about that. I swear there's a formula. I swear there's a formula. Um, and power rankings always says I'm doing better than my record is, so I'm always. That that what is it the X win percentage over win percentage? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I've been uh, under underperforming that every time. So keep posting those; they make me feel <laughs> a little better. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put two new things this week, um, with that stuff. So the first is going to be a uh, a expected win percentage curve. It essentially says like. Given however many points you score in a week, what is your chance to win? And that's based off of only this year's data right now. Um, how many points everyone has scored within a week, and then what has been their likelihood to win? So, right now I can tell you that if you want a fifty percent chance to win in any given week, you need to score about three hundred and six points. Um, but then it's a curve, and you can essentially say like, okay, well, I scored three hundred. 65 points i had an 80 percent chance to win and i lost so you got really unlucky um so that's number one. Second thing i'm going to publish is i'm going to publish a uh top 10 lucky wins per year and top 10 unfortunate losses and that'll be like a running list that i keep 
as to who's gotten screwed over the most and who's gotten the luckiest in the top 10? Like, what has been the most? Who has scored the least amount of points and still won in a given week, and what week was it? Yeah. I could tell you they, right they now. Take one half of them. The, the number one has was uh, week number two. The once you go black, man, never go back, Manny. Beat the steroid sluggas, two fifteen to one ninety three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after 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 sluggas got like five hundred points against me the week before. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe I'll do top five for each. Ten seems kind of a lot, but I hope to debut cool. both of those things this week. Cool, cool, excited for it. And uh, with that, we're gonna go into our our last section, I think. Um, so I've occasionally, I'm not proud of it, but like back a couple of years ago, I used to listen to like Barstool podcasts. Um, I've since come to like hate all those guys and what they stand for, but they're, they're annoying, but they, they, they there's definitely some redeemable material on the website. I'll give you that. Yeah. But they're like horrible people, which yeah. I'm cool with saying. Um, but I do think they have a good idea of this whole like Mount Rushmore thing that they do. And I think that we could kind of bring it to our league too. Um, whereas they do like a fantasy draft on every podcast of like a top, everyone goes, it's a snake draft and there are like four of them and they do their top four and then insert a category. So I think that we can keep it like baseball centric for now, but also could expand it. Um, so we spoke a little bit before the podcast and I think that today we're going to do top four New York baseball players within our lifetime. So this is like late 90s to present day, who has been the best players in New York baseball? And this is only looking at New York stats, so like to something that Nick brought up before, like Francisco Rodriguez, you're not going to count all of his Angels stats. And then what we'll do is we'll post up a poll at the end, and then everyone who listens can vote on who they think had the best uh, had the best draft. And I hope to bring this to future podcasts too, and we'll do different topics, and hopefully, like Lewis and Frankie can get involved eventually too. Okay. As a sound yeah. to you guys, and did I explain it all right? Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely, I've definitely thought about it a little. Um, de- yeah, I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, how do we decide draft order? So I think I'm going to go to random.org right now. Okay. Um, I'm going to put in our names, and then it'll come up with an order. It'll be a snake draft, so it'll be one, two, three, three, two, one. And so this isn't going to be based on, this is just based on, you know, like, not necessarily stats, right? Like, uh, but just, you know, just in terms of, like, greatness. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, however you want to define best and however you want to define New York baseball. We're not going to put limits on it. You know, get creative with who you end up with on your team, too. Right. All right, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be number one. Daniel, you'll be number two. Nick, you'll be number three in terms of the order we came into the league. And now I'm going to get a sequence of those numbers, and those numbers will tell us who goes first, second, and third. Okay. So it is 2-3-1. So it's Daniel, Nick, then me. Oh, wow. Okay. So, all right. Daniel is on the clock. Okay. And explain your selection a little bit. Okay. So I was – yeah, I was thinking all time and I was thinking uh, and now. I – I'm between a couple players. Um, I think if the, we were doing a fantasy draft, I would say something very different. 
than what I'm going to say. But uh, I got I got to go with Mariano um, as my number one. Um, as a Yankee fan, you know he's just he's just kind of the guy, um, and he he's undeniably the best at at what he's done. He's undeniably just you know one of the faces of the you know Yankees in my lifetime. If probably probably our second biggest face to Derek Jeter, um, and yeah, he's just. He's he really represents New York greatness, so I, I got to go with that as my number one. I don't think you can go wrong there. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes my choice a lot uh, easier, doesn't it? Because um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Derek Jeter. Okay. That's a pretty easy one too. Now, Nick, if you had number one, would you have taken Jeter or Mariano? Uh, probably Jeter. Yeah, I, I think I would have taken Jeter. I think it's close between those those two, um, but they were definitely number one and number two on my board as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm up with two picks right now, and man, this is gonna be tough. I'm gonna go with and and you know there's some pandering here, but I think that the Mets deserve some love. And I'm gonna go with David Wright. Yeah. Who has yeah, been? It's a solid, it's a solid pick. You, you know, you have the face of the Yankees. I think there's something to be said about the face of the Mets for our generation as well. Sure. And I'm gonna follow up David Wright with his uh his counterpart, also a third baseman in New York, Alex Rodriguez. Damn, I was I was hoping he'd come back to me in a second. Who, despite you know having great years elsewhere also was so dominant in New York for a long period of yeah. time. Yeah. So that's it. That's um, I got two guys at the hot corners, boys. Nick, you're you back know, on I the think, clock. I, I might throw one, you know, this one might come out of left field a bit, but, um, you know, especially considering this is like best of New York, I'm going to take David Cohn. Ooh. All right. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. I wasn't even thinking David Cohen. I like it though. He's older. Um, he, I was at you. You guys know I was at his perfect game, right? I haven't told you. I, you've told me that before, but yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, first Yankee game I ever went to is David Cohen's perfect game. What year was that? Nineteen ninety-nine. Um, yeah, I just didn't even know what a. I thought a perfect game was a shutout. I literally remember a Jeter home run better than um. Better than I do the perfect game itself, but uh, but yeah, I'm just stalling while I'm thinking of my pick. That's fine. Um, I think. Oh man, I was really hoping A Rod would come back to me in a second. Um, I think. Huh. 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 Oh, I have two picks, too. This is tough. You know, I'm the only one who's taken a Mets so far. I know, no, I'm so thinking that, Mets. I'm just like, there's definitely some Mets I'm over. David Cohn was on the Mets for eight years. That's true. No, that's true. That's very true. That's true. Um, okay. All right, I'm going to go with... 
Oh man, this is really tough. Okay, I'll go. I'll go with Carlos Beltran for one. Another, <laughs> I like it. Another Yankee Met. Uh, he's just a, he's a he's a good player. He's just a was a consistently good hitter his entire career. You know his offensive game <laughs> dropped, but he was never you know completely useless, striking out half his at bats. You know he he was a contributor till the bitter end. Just a very good player all around. Um, so Carlos Beltran, I have to go for one. I also, for the record, I wanted him uh, over Aaron Boone for the Yankee manager. I would have loved Carlos Beltran as their manager, but I mean, can't complain about the job he's done. Boone's done this year. So, um, and then my second pick. By the way, you know, I was, it's just tough. to I was, interrupt one second. David sure. Cohn was on the Mets from 1986 to 1992. So I don't know if I could really say that's our lifetime, but we'll still give him to you. Yeah, okay. We'll still sure. give him to you. He was also yeah, on them in 2003. Well, that's a great answer. Um, and then uh, my other pick. Do I want to go a second outfielder with, uh, with Bernie? I'm going to go with Tino Martinez. Ooh, nice pick. Yeah. He's just really good. For, Certainly, uh, for for a period with the Yankees, and he was he was the pinnacle of. I remember he had like, there was like one week where he had like back to back walk off home runs. So he, he would just do do get big timely home runs, and he was just a good player for us. So he he is actually my favorite player. I think I've said this to you before, Daniel. Um, ever in baseball, I was a gigantic yeah. Tino Martinez fan, and I'm still upset that Gary Sanchez took his number. Um. Because the Yankees don't have any name on the back, if you get like an authentic Tino Martinez jersey now, you, everyone just thinks it's a Gary Sanchez jersey. That sucks. I'm sorry. That is that is frustrating. Like I genuinely think that's a an acceptable thing to be frustrated about. I I did have a chance to meet him one time at a like a store on Long Island. He was doing like a meet and greet, but it snowed that day, and I remember I chose sledding over going to meet him. I was like, I think I was like ten. And I was. My dad met him recently at Yankee Stadium. I still regret it. I I once went to chess club over going to meet the Knicks when I was younger. Uh, it was a really stupid decision. I don't know what I was thinking. The uh, our friend Billy actually knows his daughter um, from oh, going to Fordham. I know. Do you think Tina Martinez was taking steroids in 1997? Yes. He had 44 home runs and 141 RBIs. Yeah, he was definitely taking steroids at some point. Everyone was taking steroids. Do you guys remember when he was the hitting coach for the Marlins for like yeah, half he, a season? Did he get into a fight with AAA players? Yeah, he like had like a breakdown. He was like, I cannot do this. The all these players like suck and don't care about the game. And he just kinda left. Yeah, it was crazy. And I supported him. I was like, Good for you. <laughs> Screw those guys. <laughs> okay. Well it's Nick's turn, right? right? So back on. So to yeah, recap. I mean, Daniel, you made my my choice easy again because I I'm gonna take Bernie. I was also that's what also I was considering Bernie. Yep. All right. Are you a big Bernie fan? Uh, dude, Bernie Williams was like my first ever favorite player. Like you know, I I, I loved Bernie Williams. I always appreciated him, but I never would say he was one of uh, my favorites. He was a hundred percent one of my favorite players. No, Jeter was definitely my favorite growing up. Um, yeah. Did you own any of Bernie's CDs? <laughs> no, I have listened to them though. Are they any good? 
they're not bad. They're he, not really lo- bad. he clearly loves doing it. Like he, I feel like he yeah. loves playing guitar more than he ever loved baseball. Like you he, don't, you, don't, <laughs> you don't listen and say like this sucks, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all right, I'm on the clock, and you know I have two guys at the hot corner with uh, David Wright and A Rod, and I feel like I do need to round out my pitching a bit. And so I do, I'm going to pick the pitcher with the highest war from in our lifetime of any New York pitcher, Andy Pettit. I feel like he had the most years, too, though. He but did. no, it's definitely a good pick. But longevity does it's matter here. Yeah. He had like two or three 21 seasons, too. Like. So he was, he was 219 and 127 in our lifetime and had a 57 war. The next, no, great. the next closest pitcher was Mariano with 39 war. But well, obviously it's hard to compare. Who's the third? I can't tell you because that guy's still on the board. Uh, but you don't have another pick, do you? Well, I do right now, and I'm not taking him. Uh, Clemens, dude. Clemens would be third. I'm not saying. I'll tell you guys after. But yeah. I have my other pick right now. And I do think it's important, especially, you know, looking at our league, we're so pitching heavy to get multiple pitchers. And this is best New York baseball players, but we didn't say professional or not. And so I'm rounding out my pitching staff. So I have David Wright, Alex Rodriguez, and Andy Pettit, and I'm taking Danny Almonte. Oh, my God. Who was the little leaguer who was like 35 when everyone else was 10 and finished the 2001 Little League World Series with 62 strikeouts out of 72 batters faced. He gave up three hits over three games and only one unearned run. There's no other dominance in New York baseball at any <laughs> level. And, like, he, and he was their best hitter, too. No other that. dominance other than Danny Almonte. And so he's going to round out my New York baseball team. He did Literally, he didn't speak. I remember watching that with my dad. My dad was, like, so hype. He's like, this kid's going to be, like, the best pitcher ever. <laughs> he's so excited. And then after the game, he was just, like, the entire team didn't speak English. <laughs> I mean, that's like the Japanese team speaks better English than, than this team from the Bronx. Have you yeah, guys, so I'm sure you guys have seen the bench warmers, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah when yeah. he hands them the uh, yeah. the thing that says, I am 12. Yeah. That's definitely making fun of Danny Amante. It's so fun. Um, yeah, you're anyway. not going to believe this, but I actually uh, I played against him. So my team played his team. He didn't, he didn't actually play, but he was on this team – that's it's like a Long Island adult league team mm-hmm. and they have a bunch of ex minor league players. And I think he was like drafted or something, but he knew the coach of some, some way and still pitched on this team sometimes. That's crazy. Yeah. So, all right, that rounds out my team, Nick, your last pick, you're on the clock. So, so since you're thinking uh, outside the box and you guys can veto this, can I draft Roy Hobbs? Who's that? The hitter from the uh-huh. natural. The natural? Yeah. No, he's not real. Well, yeah, I, I, but we said <laughs> New York baseball players. Sure, Friday I mean, draft. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to him. I, I think I have more concern about it being the in-our-lifetime thing, but I'll give it to you. Well, the, yeah. Let's see what year the movie came out. Well before 2000. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll let you I have could, it. I was also thinking Mike Piazza, but, yeah. If you guys say I can have it, I'll I'll take it. Um, because like at least for me, like that was a like a like a, a very 
Like, that movie really made me love baseball. Let's read his character description on Wikipedia. Roy Hobbs, a former teenage pitching phenom whose career was sidelined and dreams were derailed when he was seriously injured after meeting a mysterious woman who shoots him as he travels to Chicago to try out for a Major League Baseball team. The story involves around Hobbs' quest to make a comeback years after the tragedy and hopefully finally take his rightful place on the field and be remembered as one of the greatest baseball players ever. All right, I mean, I'll give it to you. Is, was he from New York? Well, he the, he played for the New York Knights, a fictional yeah. team. All right, you know what? I think I think that's fair and legal. Daniel, you have any objections? Uh, sure. Why not? <laughs> I'm not gonna go outside the box. I know my, I'm gonna have the best team by a mile. All right, let's hear it. There's so many people I'm considering here. So <laughs> if I wanted to actually win a fantasy league, there's no way I would take this guy. I would definitely take Roger Clemens if I was winning a fantasy league. However, for my Mount Rushmore, because, you know, I feel like I really went with Rivera for logic over Jeter, who is my favorite. I got to go with the last pick will be Hideki Matsui, Ooh. just truthfully one, of my, truthfully one of my favorite players uh, to ever wear a Yankee uniform. He just came on. I bought his jersey like his first year uh, with the team. He was just really good, and he was just super fun to watch. Um I don't know. His batting stance, I think, was what what did it for me. I loved like the hands out ahead, and he just looked like he was super still and just could just mash at any time. I don't know. I think he's so good in the World Series too. He was just he was just uh, pretty great, pretty great all around. Can't say enough good. I wish he would have stayed with the Yankees to finish his career like yeah, one more year instead of going to like the Rays or the Angels where he did nothing. Um, you know, he was, he was cool. I, I was also a pretty big Hideki Matsui fan. He was just so stable. Yeah, I, I always loved Matsui. He was supposed to show Keigawa around New York and show him to American girlfriends. But that, that didn't work out. That's his one, that's his one flaw in New York. He's not, not helping Keigawa enough to make him a relevant player. Oh, man. Um, so, all right, I'll, I'll recap the team. So, Daniel's team is Mariano Rivera, Carlos Beltran, Tino Martinez, Hideki Matsui. Nick's team, Derek Jeter, David Cohn, Bernie Williams, Roy Hobbs. And Justin's team, David Wright, Alex Rodriguez, Andy Pettit, and Danny Almonte. And I'll recap those, and I'll put the, we'll put a poll up, and we'll see what everyone votes for. Uh, who else were you guys considering? Uh, I was considering Piazza. I was considering yeah. Mike Mussina. Mussina's uh, third on the war list. By the way, um, I was considering Paul O'Neill. Yes, Clemens. Clemens. I was like, kind of considering uh, Aaron Judge, to be honest. But yeah. he's not. You know, he's not proven yet. Yeah. So, do you guys yeah. know who who has the highest WAR for players who have played for both the Mets and Yankees over our lifetime? Uh, hitters and pitchers. Yeah. Ricky Henderson. No, not Ricky Henderson. Uh, it's Robbie Cano. Yeah, well, it's clearly all from the Yankees. Well, yeah, the the one who has the best even split is really uh, Granderson. Mm. I consider Granderson is slightly above mediocre for both. Yeah. And Actually, what, no. What's Mike Piazza's WAR? Uh, I only have it for when he was with the Mets. It's really not that high. It's twenty eight point two. It's because he's a catcher too, and in, in the NL, so he didn't play like every day. Yeah. So it was tougher for him, but like 
I'm surprised neither of you considered Posada. Yeah, I never liked Posada to be honest. I no, I love Posada, but I never, I wouldn't consider him. I didn't think he was like, I thought he was just a fun Yankee, but I wouldn't, I, I didn't think he was. I don't know. I was always a bigger fan of like the other guys of the core. Like I would have taken Pettit over him. I would have taken like so many other guys said over. I would have taken anyone said, my Daniel Monte and Roy Hobbs over him. Um, but yeah, it's funny doing this because I've always done. I've only done a least favorite Yankees list. You want to hear my? You want to hear my pitcher? My least favorite Yankees list? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, so, the order: Jeff Weaver is number one. Okay. Kenny Gawa is number two. Javier Vasquez is number three. No. Javier Vasquez. He's so bad. He, he's uh, he's he's just miserable. Um, four, Carl Pavano. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then five, Kevin Brown. Yeah, just for I was absolute. expecting Brown and Pavano. Yeah. What about Hideki Arabu? <laughs> he you hung himself, me? so I, I feel bad for him, you know. <laughs> I, better, I better just shit on him. A, a, good, a good question is, if you were a Mets fan, who would your least favorite Mets be? God, there are Amanda so many. Yes, yeah, so, so many. Yeah. Bo Vaughn. Uh, Kaz Matsui. <laughs> yeah. Kaz Matsui is the greatest opening day player in the league in the history of the league, and then he starts being bad after that. But he he literally homered like every opening day. Really? Yeah, I think so. Kaz Matsui made a World Series with the Rockies. So. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, I feel like who there's somebody like Roberto Alomar Jr. You have to hate him. Yeah. So no, funny. I remember I went to a Mets game and I was like, what? <laughs> when I was like really little. And my dad was like, they've all sucked for the Mets. <laughs> I, I actually, I remember, um, you'll find this funny. My, uh, we were go, we had tickets to a Mets Rockies game and Vaughn was the Mets first baseman. And I had played for, this was when I was like eight because I was the first baseman on my team. And, uh, my dad was like, watch whoever the Rockies first baseman is play first base because you don't want to watch Mo Vaughn if you want to learn <laughs> everything. And it turned out to be Todd Helton, and he had like two home runs against the Mets. So my dad was like, all right, this guy, sh- you could watch him play. He's he's pretty good. Helton was so He's good. a lefty, so it was hard for me to pick up anything from him. Yeah. But, all right, well, we'll put the poll out. Um, other than that, anything else that you guys want to speak about? Uh, just wish me luck. From I need to win the next two games, so uh, send me. Send me well wishes. They're against playoff caliber teams. So. I have um I have one player playing tomorrow. Yeah, it's a light day on the schedule on Monday. And it's Will Myers, so Oh wow, I didn't see, I have I have a decent amount of players playing. I have two pitchers too. Maybe I'll get off to a good start. Who knows? Well I'm getting off to a zero start. <laughs> so. I think I have two players but one of them is sitting because it's he's facing like a lefty. But we'll see. Oh my god, that's that's killing me. We can we can start a whole new half hour discussion on why it's so annoying that none of your left handed batters play when they're facing left handed pitchers. But it's so easy to predict and play around. Like John is, Peterson is so good against righties, and you just don't start him against lefties, and he's still so good. No, same. And I do that while Listella I start against righties because he hits yeah. first and he yeah. hits like eighth against lefties if he plays at all. And yeah, same with like Vogelback. I'll never start against the righty, but it's still like frustrating, you know, when you don't have the depth 
uh, you know, it's nice to have like Bell. My three best players are switch hitters this year, so they play against everyone. Yeah. Well, good luck to both of you next week. I'm curious if the Mets fans can tell us who their least favorite Mets players have been over the years. Um, and we'll see if everyone can vote on the poll and look forward to the new uh, analytics that we'll be putting out. So a lot of good stuff coming up this week. Right, sounds good. Look forward to it. Thank you both for joining. You want to uh, pitch any uh, Twitter that people can follow you at or Instagrams to follow you on? <laughs> no. I, I have a Twitter account that I haven't used since 2015. Yeah, I haven't used yeah. in over yeah. seven years. I literally, the last, the most I used Twitter for was to follow the MLB trade deadline. Because they would always have super quick stuff, even though half of it was fake. Galumbo's a big, uh, big on Twitter. Yeah, Galumbo's also big on Instagram, but yeah. he's good. He's good. He's good at Instagram. I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, I use it here and there, but definitely a fun, definitely a fun one on Instagram is Mike Galumbo. Cool. Well, all right. Thank you both for uh, joining me tonight, and hopefully everyone can listen. And good luck in the coming weeks. Thank you. You too. All right. Yep. See you Man. guys. All right.